podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On a Tuesday, the day before Liverpool face West Ham in the Premier League, but two days after the Manchester City game, which is obviously the biggest game of the season in domestic football right now. And on a day in which the fallout from that game continues to swirl around both teams. Obviously, we saw in the immediate aftermath of the game, Liverpool released a statement saying that they were horrified by the chanting from Manchester City fans with regards to stadium disasters. We've all seen the pictures of the graffiti that City fans left behind City's response to this has been absolutely bizarre. First things first, they claimed that their coach had been attacked. It's since been proven that the picture that was used was from an autoglass ad. Secondly, if Man City's coach was attacked, if things were thrown at it, where's the dash cam footage? Why not release that? A coach that size is going to have a dash cam. So you would imagine if City's bus was attacked, there would be footage of it. But nothing has been shown yet. So remains to be seen what the situation is there. Then they leaked through some of their sycophants in the media. The idea that Jurgen Klopp is responsible for what City fans were doing. That because of his comments in his press conference before the game, he was the one that instigated bitterness between the two clubs. There's also been some hints, some indications from Manchester City through said sycophants that They feel Klopp's comments that three clubs can do whatever they want with no limits put on them were xenophobic in nature. Now, we're entering very dangerous territory if that's what the cry is going to be. If people are going to turn around and say, well, you can't criticise any of the Gulf states or any of the oil nations because of xenophobia. Jurgen Klopp's comments were exactly correct. There is no limit on what Paris Saint-Germain, Manchester City and Newcastle can do. 
they can spend money recklessly. They have an endless supply of it. All you need to do is look at some of the spending by both City and PSG over the years and look at how many failed transfers they've had over their tenureship as owners. I mean, for City, the list is as long as your arm. For PSG, it's not much shorter. Newcastle, the money is still too new. They haven't made any mistakes as yet that we that we know of at this time. We may well find in time that one or two of the signings don't work out. For whatever reason, could be injuries, could be anything else. Like you look at Alexander Isak at the moment, he's out probably until after the World Cup break. What if he continues to have injury problems? What will they do? Well, what they'll do is they'll go and buy another striker for 60 plus million pounds. Compare that to us with Darwin. We're all in on Darwin. He has to work out. If he doesn't, it will be catastrophic for the club. That's the difference. You know, you look at their bench on Sunday, Man City, they had Jack Grealish just sitting there kicking his heels. Not needed. They didn't need to bring on Jack Grealish. Just think about that. They had a £100 million player sitting on the bench and didn't need to bring him on or didn't feel like they needed to bring him on, didn't feel the desire to bring him on. If we had a £100 million player sitting on the bench and Klopp didn't bring him on, there'd be inquiries into what a flop it was. Now, we obviously had Darwin on the bench. That's an expensive player, but not nearly as expensive as Grealish. Doesn't earn a fraction of what Grealish earns. If you look at our bench at the weekend, Henderson cost us 20 million 11 years ago. Simicus was 13. Nunes was 65. That's 98. Fabio Carvalho was 5. That's 103 million. Curtis Jones, Bassett, Tichnat, Phillips, Quevin Keller, Trent Ultra, the Academy. 103 million. City have Grealish, 100 million. Americ Laporte, 57 million. Julian Alvarez was 13 million. I think Sergio Gomez was 12. And Riyad Mahrez was 65 or 60 or something like that. Now they do have Palmer, Lewis, uh, and Wilson Esbrandt. They came through their academy and Ortega they signed as a free agent. But their bench still cost 240 plus million. Their goalkeeper was 35 million. Obviously, ours was was quite a bit more expensive. But if you look at what their starting 11 cost, I mean, Ederson, 35, Akanji, 15, Diaz, 62, there's 112, Aki was 40, it's 152, Kinsale was 62, 62 million. Rodri was 60 million, Bernardo was 45, Gundogan was 20, De Bruyne was 55, Haaland was quote-unquote 51. Like, that is an insanely expensive team. 106, 151, 216, 278, 318... 380, 
and it's 380 and 20 is 400 450 million in the starting 11 240 on the bench ali was 58 million milner was free gomez was 3.5 robo was 8 they're 69 and a half million plus virgil 75 144.5 fabinho was 40 184.5, Thiago was 20, 200.5, 208.5. Uh, Harvey was 5, 213.5. Bobby was 30, 243.5. Jota was 41, 248.5. And Salah, including all the add-ons, was 43, 331.5, something like that. Am I right with that? So our... Our starting 11 and bench cost around the same as their starting 11. And then they've got all that on the bench. That's the difference. That is the difference between the clubs is that our team, while yes, it's expensive, has, you know, free agent James Milner, 3.5 million Joe Gomez, 8 million Andy Robertson, 5 million Harvey Elliott. Theirs is just like like a kanji. Think about a kanji for a second. In the 2020-21 season, we lose Virgil, we lose Joe, then we lose Matt. All our centre-backs done for the season. And we have to go and get Ozan Kabak on loan and Ben Davies for 1.5 million from Preston. Our centre-backs were done for the season. City lost Laporte in pre-season for a couple of months. He's already back. But they still went and dropped $15 million on a kanji. To cover a couple of months. Their fourth-choice centre-back is Nathan Aki. Cost $40 million. Ours is Joe Gomez. Cost three point five. Their second, their third choice centre back is John Stones. Cost fifty million. Ours is either Ibu or Joel Matip. Ibu was thirty five. Matip was free. Their second centre back is Laporte, fifty seven million. Ours is Ibu or Matip. It's only Virgil versus Diaz where we've spent more, but it's. 13 million more and look at the difference between the rest of them. Like, look what they've spent on fullbacks versus what we've spent on fullbacks. Our fullbacks at the club, Trent, Ramsey, Milner, Robbo and Simicus. 26 million in total. They've got Canseo cost over double that by himself. Kyle Walker cost basically double that by himself. They've also got this Gomez fella that they bought in the summer was 13, as expensive as Costas or 12 or whatever he was in around that figure. And then, of course, they've got Benjamin Mendy, who cost him 50 million, is in prison. And it just doesn't matter. And they've never made a statement on him. Like, that's the other part of this. Their, their refusal to ever accept that they've done anything wrong. Benjamin Mendy is in prison charged with horrendous things 
standing trial for horrendous things and City have never acknowledged it. Ever. They haven't said a word about it. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. So when they their fans get pulled up for being appalling human beings like they were on the weekend, their immediate reaction is to cry and point at something else. In the same way that, you know, post-match, they were crying about their goal being disallowed. And as soon as sort of everybody with a bit of common sense was like, it doesn't really matter what happened for other chances. There are two fouls on that goal and it definitely should have been disallowed. They start manufacturing footage of Salah handling the ball. They take the clip and they alter it so that every angle you see hints at the ball touching his arm. And they slow it down and speed it up so that it looks like the ball changes speed from coming off Salah's arm. But thankfully, enough people are sensible to, you know, just to laugh at them, to put up things like pictures of people doing that thing next to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, where it looks like they're holding it up because perspective. And when they don't like what Jurgen Klopp says about them, because it's factually correct, they scream xenophobia. Like This is what you're dealing with. And it's made worse by the fact that they have very clearly got multiple national journalists in their pockets. That's a very dangerous thing to do. Having someone like Martin Samuel, who most people realise has no credibility anymore, put forward propaganda on their behalf like he has today in the Daily Mail, where the Daily Mail readers think Martin Samuel's the best in the world. Because at one point, Martin Samuel was a good journalist. He was a good writer. He was always a bit of a prat, but he was a good writer. But now he's in the pocket of Abu Dhabi. He's been a cheerleader for Abu Dhabi for a long time. And frankly, it's really, really dangerous that a national journalist is compromised in that way. City are cheats. Everybody knows it. They are cheats. They have financially doped. They have broken every FFP and whatever profit and loss rule that there is going. The fact that they refused to 
comply with the investigations and, and help with the investigations and therefore ran out the clock does not make them innocent. In fact, it doubles down the fact that they cheated and they know how to get around any rules to stop them. The fact that they continue to announce sponsorship deals with companies that don't exist and the Premier League just sort of nod their heads and move along is also a little bit worrying. Do people think they're good for the Premier League? Is that what it is? Do people think this is good for the Premier League to turn it into the Bundesliga? I mean, maybe they do. Maybe some people do. Maybe some people's pockets are are nice and full right now. But we have seen in the last 12 months, on at least four different occasions, Manchester City announce partnership deals with companies that simply don't exist. And then produce accounts that suggest that they're the most commercially viable company or club in the country, bigger than us, bigger than United. Oh, but we, it's TV revenue, bollocks. Bollocks is a TV revenue. Because we all know how the TV revenue is. Because it's it's publicly available information. City somehow went up commercially during a pandemic as every other club went down. And nobody thought that was strange. Nobody thought, well, we should maybe look into these things. See, the Premier League should have the right to audit City's accounts, to go through them forensically. They don't have the bottle to do it, but they should have the right to do it. And they should also have the right to investigate each and every one of Manchester City's transactions with any of these commercial sponsors. Because you can always follow the money. Always. And there's enough email proof from back in the day to show that what City do is the ownership sends the money to one company who then reroutes it back to City less whatever little cut they're getting themselves. We're dealing with cheating on an unprecedented level. And it is likely that it will happen again with Newcastle. Now, they might not be as blatant about it, but they will do it. They they will do it, have absolutely no doubt. Um, this is Anfield, have quite a bit of pre-match build-up on Liverpool versus West Ham. West Ham worn of four danger, but wary of defensive woes versus buoyant Liverpool. Four options for attack after Diogo Jota and Luis Diaz injuries. I think Carvalho likely starts left side of midfield for this one. Uh, I'd like to see Trent start right side of midfield, regardless of who the right back is, whether it's Milner or Gomez, if Kanate's back, I, I assume Kanate won't be back. I'd start Milner at the right back, Gomez at centre back, and Trent on the right of midfield. Uh, Liverpool's reawakening conquers classless Man City. That's a that's a beautiful headline. That's a beautiful headline. 
Um, not sure who's come up with the headline, but the piece is written by Stephen Scragg. So do give that one a read because Scraggy's work is always outstanding. And to give him a free plug, if you haven't read his books, he has four of them. They're all brilliant. There's books on the old European Cup, the UEFA Cup, and the Cup Winners Cup. They're great. There's also In the Heat of the Midday Sun about the 1986 World Cup. It's it's his best work. And the, the four of them are great, but it's the best of the four. Uh, where Alisson stands in exclusive Premier League group after latest assist. Alisson recorded his third Premier League assist in Sunday's 1-0 win over Man City with only one goalkeeper contributing to more goals since 1992. Paul Robinson has five assists. Pepe Reina has four. David Seaman had four. Alisson has three. Mark Crossley had three. Tim Howard had three. UC Jaskalainen had three, and Peter Schmeichel had three. Allison obviously also scored in a Premier League game. Um, Tim Howard also scored. Peter Schmeichel also scored, and Paul Robinson scored. Was that against Everton? I feel like that was against Everton. Ali's got four years left after this in his contract. I think it was He's, Watford, by the way. Paul Robinson was Watford, was it? He lobbed Ben Foster, if I remember correctly. Oh, Tim Howard must have been for Everton then. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Tim Howard goal. Who I was against Stoke because it was Begovic. I think. I might oh, be right. I do remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tim Howard scores. Tim Howard's goal was against Bolton. Tim Howard's goal was against Bolton. Paul Robinson goal. Uh, Paul Robinson goal was against Watford. That is correct. Um, who else did they have down as scoring? Was it Peter Schmeichel? Peter Schmeichel. I seem to remember his was a a bouncing volley from a set piece. I could be wrong. He scored a couple, I think, for United while he was there. He scored for Villa as well. Peter Schmeichel scored 10 goals in his career. No, sorry, 11 goals in his career. Because I think he took penalties somewhere. Yeah, I think at like Hidvor or whatever they were called before he went to Bromby, I think he took penalties. Um, one for Villa, one for United. That was a European game. His Premier League goal was actually for Villa. He scored in Europe for United. He scored six in one season in the Danish First Division back in 1985. Has to have been taking penalties. There's no other logical way around that. Anyway, completely off topic. Um, Liverpool midfielder undergoes surgery as loan club 
reveal layoff. James Balagizzi is having surgery on a groin issue. That's a bit of a shame for him. He started fairly well on his loan. Um, where Liverpool six nominees finished in the Ballon d'Or. Uh, Mohamed Salah finished in fifth place. Fabinho was 14th. Virgil was 16th. Diaz was 17th. Trent was 22nd. And Darwin Nunes was 25th. Interesting. Sadio Mane, former Red, uh, finished second, which I thought was a little high, but when you consider he won the AFCON, maybe fair enough. Erling Haaland being 10th is an absolute farce. By the way, just so we're clear, Haaland being 10th is a farce. Uh, His country didn't qualify for the World Cup. And if we look back at the year he's had, he's missed a fair bit of football. Like, obviously, he's done exceptionally well for City with 20 goals already. But um, last season, while he did have a very good goal-per-game record with 29 and 30, he missed a couple of chunks of the season and had, you know, streaks without goals. Like, in the last... Let's see, from from February onwards, he only scored in three games. Now, he did score six goals in those three games. He got a hat-trick, he got two, and he got one. But he didn't score in the rest of them. And obviously, he missed out with Norway and didn't qualify for the World Cup. So, that tenth is a joke. Anyway, that'll do us. We'll leave it there. We'll just quickly wrap up on AnfieldIndex.com where there is a new piece in title Liverpool versus West Ham. Now time now, now to push on. So do give that one a read. And there are a couple of podcasts out. There's new scouted ahead of West Ham. There is a rival recon ahead of West Ham. And there may be an under pressure. There are some rumours of an under pressure pod taking place tonight. But we'll have to wait and see. The lads don't like to share anything until it's ready. They're like master chefs in there. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.